Unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Jesus is, Jesus gives unspeakable joy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unspeakable Joy Podcast. I am your host, Joy Sixtos, and I'm glad that you've chosen to tune in again today to the broadcast as we have another powerful show lined up for you today. As you know, for those of you that are faithful listeners, not only listen to the show today, but I encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, through text, email, social media, however you're led to do that, so that they also can enjoy the word of the Lord for us this week. I tell you what, I have been blessed to have a very important young man of God in my life that the Lord has blessed me with, and that would be none other than my brother, Jonathan Sixtos. He has been a true joy to my family and I, to the body of Christ, to his sphere of influence, and he is such a joy in the sense, too, that God has blessed him with a comedic side to him, a comedy side where he just loves to bring joy to others and to make everybody know that not only should we be serious in this world and take the gospel serious and soul winning and ministering serious, but that we can also have a lighter side to things and enjoy the fun side of life. So we thank God for him, for his intelligence, for his bravery to stand up for Christ in these last days and to speak the truth without compromise, without abandonment, and without fear of what the world will say or think of him. He is the one we're going to be hearing from today. And we're actually going to go back to a Bible study that he ministered at that our church, Good News Church in the Victoria, Texas area, holds for about eight years. And it's been a huge blessing to be a blessing to the local community and to the greater community here within the state of Texas, over the country and around the world. You can actually hear these Bible studies twice a month through our church Facebook page. And you can find that at facebook.com slash GNC Victoria. For more information on our church, you can also go to gncvictoria.com. And for more information on these podcasts or even my ministry that the Lord has blessed me with, where I get to serve in many different areas of ministry, you can go to unspeakable-joy.com. So without further ado, we don't want to stall any longer. Let's take you to that Bible study where Jonathan ministered on the purpose of the pressing, which aired on Facebook April the 13th. Let's go to that Bible study now. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday night Bible study. I almost said Wednesday night soundbite because if you don't know, my name is Jonathan Sixto's youth pastor and associate minister with Good News Church. We welcome you to our broadcast tonight. We meet here in the bustling metropolis of Yorktown every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. We are a ministry outreach of Good News Church, senior pastors Ruben and Rosie Trevino, and I greet you on their behalf. They send their love, and we continue to toil in the ministry and get the word out because we believe when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news. And that's what we're about at Good News Church. If you want to catch up on any of our services, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Victoria. This is where we're streaming live tonight, and I am glad to be with you. This Sunday was especially powerful. As my pastor says, I don't approve as an English teacher, but he does say it gets gooder and gooder. 
And I tell you what, it was very good this Sunday. Pastor Rosie did an excellent job. Pastor Ruben and her, they remind me of those old school wrestling tag teams. You know, one of them will drop you down and they'll tag the other one. The other one comes flying off the top rope and wow. And that's what they do for over 40 years. We're going to be celebrating 40 years uh, full time that they've been in ministry this August. So thank God for their faithfulness and thank God for his word. And that's what we're going to be getting into tonight. Amen. Well, as we open, as always, let's start in a word of prayer. Father God, we're so thankful for tonight. We get to come together to hear your word, even expand and explore what our pastors are leading us through in the Bible. And I thank you, God, that these words would be anointed with your Holy Spirit. You anoint my head with oil, even as the scriptures we're about to read, and that it would be sown in our hearts, put into practice, and we would see a difference in our lives in jesus name and everybody said amen amen amen. well let's begin in the words always a good place to start for a bible study and we're going to look at the book of psalms and if you would flip or scroll with me to chapter 23 psalm chapter 23 a very famous chapter many of you might even know this one by heart but i'll begin in verse one and i'm going to read uh well i'll read the whole chapter it's only six verses The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And verse 5, I'm really going to spend some time in verse 5 tonight. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as our Catholic brothers and sisters would say, this is the word of the Lord. (laughs) So thank God for his word. And I want to focus very closely on verse 5 because the title for tonight's message, if we had to give it a title, those of you taking notes, those of you at home following along, we welcome you to the broadcast. And I would say the title for tonight's message is The Purpose of the Pressure. The Purpose of the Pressure. Now we've had... uh, powerful word come forth on Sunday, and that was, like Pastor Rosie said, spilling over from an incredible fellowship that we were able to share on Saturday, and fellowship that he, she even had earlier in the week, and different revelations coming forward, and I wanted to just expand on that tonight, explore it a little deeper, and she was talking about the oil, and the importance of the oil, and specifically where oil comes from in regards to things like olives, And she was talking about Jesus in the garden and how he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying and he was under so much pressure and there was a purpose for that pressure. And that's where we got the title for tonight, The Purpose for the Pressure. And he was being pressed and he began to even sweat blood. That's how great the pressure was. That's an actual scientific condition that we learned about. I really encourage you to read, if you ever get a chance, The Case for Christ by investigative journalist Lee Strobel, and he looked at everything that happened at the crucifixion with scientists and archaeologists and historians, and even after the crucifixion, my favorite part, 
the resurrection because that proves that Jesus was God. And he interviewed all these people and he came to the conclusion that you could in fact sweat blood, that that actually was a historical happening. Jesus being pressured in the garden. And not too far from where Jesus was is a place that we call the Mount of Olives. And we're going to talk about the purpose of the pressure tonight. See, when you take olives and you squeeze them down under pressure, they release oil. And that's what Pastor Rosie was talking about Sunday, the release of oil. And we're going to talk about how that all works together, the designs that God has put in place for us, because, again, we go back to verse 5 here. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. See, unfortunately, there are some people, maybe they're inexperienced or maybe they haven't quite researched enough or or known God to the depth to find out. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to get saved and they serve maybe a Disney God that I'm going to live happily ever after. And they say, well, all my problems are going to go away. But the Bible doesn't say that he takes our sin in exchange for a perfect life. It says he takes our sin in exchange for his righteousness. And in this verse, and really all four, five, six verses here, it shows that God is with us through trials. See, the psalmist writes this from a deep, mature understanding of his walk with God. He understands that to walk with God does not mean that you won't walk through trials. And a lot of people get uncomfortable with that. And they say, well, God is my, my ticket out of jail. You know, he's my, he's my draw four card if I'm playing Uno. And this is my chance. I'm going to get saved, and then all my troubles are going to go away. I'm never going to get sick anymore. I'm never going to have family drama anymore. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but I want you to look here. Verse 4 comes before verse 5. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. See, serving the Lord doesn't mean we will never be pressured, but it means he is with us during the pressing. Because then we get to, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And I wanted to reiterate what she said on Sunday. She said, when your horn of oil is full, nothing else can get in there. If you are filled to overflowing in the presence of God and walking with God, then you don't have to worry about what's going on around you because it doesn't fit. For those of you who have ever had to go on a trip, you get your bag and you throw everything in there and then you think to yourself, oh, I'm forgetting that one more thing, right? Oh, one more thing. I was watching an old television show about a detective, and he's a little quirky, and so he asks all these questions, and he's about to leave, and he turns around, and he says, oh, uh, and one more thing, and that's where he catches them in the act, or he brings it to their understanding, like, I've got you. Well, when we're packing our bags, sometimes we fill it up, and then we say, oh, uh, I need to pack one more thing, and it just doesn't fit. Well, that's how our lives need to be. We need to be so full of this oil, of this anointing, that whenever the enemy tries to put something in there, put some bad seed in there, put some hatred in there, put some offense in there, put some, I'm so angry like the Hulk, right? Oh, I'm smashed. Well, it just doesn't fit. 
And that's the image I get here when I read verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And that overflow is what covers everything else with the anointing oil. Remember, tonight we're talking about the purpose of the pressing. And the anointing with oil, especially in the Old Testament, signified a purpose. People weren't just anointed for a display. They were anointed for a purpose. It was a commissioning. It was a launching point. If you would, flip with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10. That's the next scripture we're going to look at here. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And as we read 1 Samuel chapter 10 in the English Standard Version, I'm going to start with verse 1. To give you a little bit of context, the nation of Israel was asking for a king, and God was saying, ah, that's a bad idea. You really don't want to have a king. But they kept clamoring, and they kept saying, oh, we need a king. We want a king. Give us a king. And God said, okay, I'm going to pick somebody to be your king, but it's not going to end well because not every person in the line of kings, that's the hard part about kings, you don't get to pick who's next. So with kings, you can pick a really good person, if they don't take care of business, then the person after them or the person after that person or the person after that person, it's not a guarantee that they're going to be in charge. Whereas when God picked the priests and God picked the judges, he picked the most qualified. Well, maybe not pick the most qualified, but he placed the right person in that office. And we all know when the people get to pick, sometimes they don't pick the right person. Let's stay in the word. All right. So first Samuel chapter 10 and verse 1, Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head. He's choosing the first king, King Saul. And kissed him, and he said, Has not the Lord anointed you to? Because there's always a purpose for this anointing oil. Has not the Lord anointed you? That's not where the sentence ends. There is what we might call a prepositional phrase in my classroom. To be prince over his people Israel. And you shall reign over the people of the Lord, and you will save them from the hand of their surrounding enemies. And this shall be the sign to you that the Lord has anointed you to be prince over his heritage. And we talk a little bit more in that chapter about different things that Saul is confirmed. He sees natural signs to confirm what the Lord has already done in the supernatural. And that's what an anointing is. When myself and my sister and our other two associate ministers were commissioned in the Good News Church, it was not the beginning of our giftings and our callings. What it was was the acknowledging of our giftings and our callings. It was the commissioning. It was the launching. We didn't suddenly wake up and say, well, you know what? I think I'm going to be a minister. Pastor Ruben walked with us and talked us through the process and said, we are recognizing these gifts inside of you that are already there. And we are giving them an avenue. We are letting them flow. And tonight we're talking about the purpose for the pressing. And so this oil that Samuel poured over Saul, it came from somewhere. It had to be pressed first. Oil, unlike water, doesn't just spring up from the ground in this sense. This is not crude oil from the fossilized bones that have been transformed. This is oil that's been pressed from a fruit. 
It's been pressed from a fruit. Just like Jesus, when he was praying in the garden and he began to sweat blood, he was being pressed right next to the Mount of Olives where they get the olive oil. So tonight as we're talking about the purpose of the pressing, I want you to realize now that we've established this fact that walking with God doesn't mean that we won't struggle. It means he walks with us through struggle, just like we saw in Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. So a quick shout out to all the believers watching tonight. We have to have a spiritual authority that anoints our head with oil. Saul didn't anoint himself king. He didn't say, I will exalt my throne. He didn't say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. There always needs to be a structure, a protocol, a spiritual authority. Many of you have kids that are growing up and growing older. I enjoy seeing your Facebook memories of when your kids were so little. And now I see them in the youth class. And and they were like, hey, Brother Jonathan. And now they're like, hey, Brother Jonathan. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, you don't just hand them the keys one day and say, all right, have fun. You know, don't hurt anybody. There's a process. And they have to submit to an authority. And then they have to take a test. And then they have to get their permit. And then they have to get their license. And we understand authority just like the centurion who worked in the military he told jesus he said look i understand authority i get it so that's just a little side dish a little appetizer fried pickles or mozzarella sticks for those of you listening tonight you always have to have a spiritual authority that does the anointing okay we don't anoint ourselves we may recognize, hey, I've got some gifts. I've got to t- I feel God calling me and pulling me, and I, I want to get into this. Well, then you need to find someone who can walk with you and guide you, shepherd you through the process. So that's verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So we've talked about how walking with God doesn't mean you won't have any struggles. It means he walks with you through the struggles. In fact, Romans 8 and verse 28 says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So we see all of these struggles, and unfortunately, younger believers or believers who misunderstand, I'm not saying they're bad Christians, but when they start to struggle, they begin to blame God. And they say, well, God... I'm one of your children. Why, why is this happening? Why, why are you letting this happen? But we don't need to separate ourselves from God and say, well, I'm over here and you're not. We need to understand there's a purpose for the pressing, especially when it comes to persecution for the gospel's sake. Because Jesus, I love to tell the youth class this, I said, you guys want to hear a promise from Jesus? And they're like, yeah. I was like, all right, John 16, 33 says, in this world you will have troubles. Nobody likes that, right? In Jesus, red letters, Jesus said that. But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And it's from that place of victory that we need to approach our difficult situations. Because even as the psalmist reminds us, King David and Psalm 23 and verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say I camp out and I'm never going to make it out of here and woe is me, gloom and despair. He says I'm going through this. He says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's guidance, there's boundaries, there's protection there. 
That's why we need to stay in the Word of God. We need to continue to fill ourselves up because what did we say? If you're full of that oil, like Pastor Rosie said this Sunday, nothing else fits. Doubt can't creep in. Sickness can't creep in. Defeat can't creep in because a lot of people think, oh, well, this has come upon me. I must have made God mad. But we don't walk in a law of legalism. We walk in a law of grace. We don't get what we deserve. Because if we say, well, I got what I had coming to me, well, that means that you die and you go to hell. Because that's what we all have coming to us. But Jesus himself paid our ransom. We just celebrated Easter not too long ago. So it boggles my mind whenever people say, yay, I celebrated Easter, but this sickness must be my recompense, you know, my comeuppance. I brought this on myself, you know, I, I lied about something when I was in high school, and so now, you know, this sickness came upon my child. That's not how the Lord works. He doesn't repay us for our wrongs. There is judgment and there is grace. And if you don't receive the grace, then you receive all the judgment. So for the people who say, well, this bad thing is happening because the Lord has put it upon me. No, we're just speaking out of our misunderstanding like Job did. Well, God must be mad at me. Well, you know, I must have messed up. And the man upstairs, you know, he's given me a little spanking. And the Bible clearly says, do not say I am tempted of God. God doesn't do evil things. When God speaks, he creates good things and beautiful things. So we need to recognize that these tough circumstances, they are part of living life in a fallen world. I drive as carefully as I can, but I understand there are some crazy drivers out there. One of them is not my sister. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just playing around. But you, you know, they're out there, right? We've seen a couple in our, our travels and everything as I, I work over in Victoria. But we need to understand that our circumstances are a byproduct of the where, where we live. But we also need to approach those understanding knowing where we're going. So, yeah, we deal with these things down here. We got to, you know, wear a mask and eat healthy and do everything that we can. But we know where we're going. We know that this world is not it. So when we struggle, when we're pressed, that is our hope. The Bible calls it Christ in us, the hope of glory. So tonight we're talking about the purpose of the pressing. See, if we don't stay full of that anointing, we're going to run out of that oil. So to make a common analogy here to help us understand, I recently had a check engine light come on in my car. And so I thought to myself, well, I better, I better take a look at this. And my dad, you know, he hears from God. And he says, you better check that oil, boy. You just been driving that car. I said, yeah, I've been driving the car. So I checked the oil, and guess what? I was a little low. And so the car was telling me, hey, I'm not functioning as good as I can because I need a little more oil. And so when we're going through life, we're going to have some uphills. We're going to have some trials and tribulations. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble because we're in this world. So we can't say, well, God loves me. Everything's going to be perfect. And it's raining outside and you say, well, I love God, so this world doesn't apply to me. You walk outside, you're going to get wet because we live in this world. So I put some oil and the car ran a lot better. And as we're looking at this anointing oil, here's the problem. King Saul was anointed in 1 Samuel chapter 10. King Saul took his eyes off of where he was going 
and he started to look at his situations around him. And he messed up. God gave him very clear instructions through the prophet Samuel. This is how you're going to lead the people. But there came a point in time where Saul wasn't spending that time in the presence of God, and he was so encaptured and, and influenced by the people around him. He started listening to the people instead of listening to God. And he stepped out of that oil. See, the purpose of the pressing is to remind us that we need to rely on God. If we get saved from our sin, and then the rest of our life has no struggle at all, it would be very easy to forget that we even need God. There's something, this uh, natural phenomenon that occurs that's called recency bias. And what it means is human beings tend to have kind of a short-term memory. And I think the best way that I can explain this is, I know this sounds weird, but by talking about LeBron James, okay? And so this is how recency bias works. There's a lot of kids, and I work with kids. I'm a full-time school teacher. And a lot of kids, and they think, well, LeBron James is the greatest thing to ever happen to the game of basketball because that's what they've been seeing recently. His exploits and his different teams, and he's all over social media, and he's won a few championships. But these youngins, as I like to say, didn't grow up like I did watching Michael Jordan and what he did. It's been too long, and so they just go by what has happened recently. They don't think that far back. They know nothing about, let alone the, the black and white days when we didn't even have color TV and Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. They don't even know who those guys are. Recency bias. And so I'm not saying that God sends trials our way to remind us that we need him. What I'm saying is if we forget where the oil comes from, the purpose for the pressing, then we're going to look around at what's happened recently and base everything that we know there. Unfortunately, a lot of people say, well, you know, the Jesus that I serve loves America and loves guns and loves this and loves that. And I'm thinking, you, you're looking at just the past 200 years of the United States. Jesus was 2,000 years ago in an Eastern culture. Like, he transcends our culture. Another thing with recency bias I saw someone put online, they said, we need to have men dress more like men. And then someone went back to the 1700s, over 300 years ago, and they showed, it was King, one of the Louis from France, and he had pantyhose, and he had curly hair, they had the real pale makeup, and this big furry coat, and they're like, like this? <laughs> because trends change all the time. A lot of my students are saying, oh, I can't believe, you know, that people dress like this and what are they thinking? But then you go back a generation or two and if we were to see those styles back in again, we'd say, oh, man, what was I thinking back then, right? Pull out the old high school yearbook. You're like, oh, no, don't look at that. Well, the things that do not change are the word of God. It is timeless. It is in season every season. And we don't have to say, well, you know, uh, I've had a, a tough stretch recently, so God must not be good. You know how people say, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. 
Well, we can't be like these youngins who you've only seen trouble. And so you say, well, God's not that good. You know, I'm still waiting on my stimulus check and I'm being persecuted. And somebody breathed on me at H-E-B without their mask. And where was God? We cannot measure the goodness of God based on one single set of circumstances. And unfortunately, that's what King Saul did. He, in the moment looked around and made a decision based on how recently he was popular and admired and handsome. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this for my followers, for my fans, for my adoring public. And then Samuel showed up and said, what, what is this? What do I hear? What has happened here? And Saul said, oh, you know, the people, my people. You said I was supposed to lead the people. No, God said you were supposed to lead his people he forgot his responsibility he stepped out of that oil and come to find out we won't go too in depth tonight because it's a very long and and drawn out story from then on whenever Saul is pressed there's no more oil whenever Saul is tormented there's no more oil whenever Saul is attacked there's no more oil Now, did God stop pouring the oil? No. Saul stepped out of the oil. Imagine this. It's raining outside. I'm standing in the rain. You're standing in the rain. We say, oh, look at this. This is some good rain. Texas needs some rain. So then you take a couple steps under the awning. And I say, this is some good rain. Texas needs some rain. You say, no, it's not raining. Because it's not raining on you. But it didn't stop raining. You just stepped outside of the rain. Right? So for Saul to say, oh, the Lord and his anointing, how could he do this to me? And why am I being tormented? There's no more oil. God didn't stop the flow of the oil. Saul just stepped out of it. See, the purpose of the pressing is that God uses these circumstances. Again, he does not send these circumstances. He's not spanking us like a bad baby, reminding us, you need me, you better not forget it. He's saying, I am with you always. Those are some of the last words Jesus said before his ascension. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Because he knew most of his disciples were going to die horrible, painful, embarrassing deaths. And the one who lived survived being thrown in boiling oil right there's well i wasn't going to use it in that way but we see that saul stepped out of the oil but he was still being pressed and what happened god found someone who would stay in that oil who would stay full in that oil when david was with the sheep he was worshiping god when david was on the run from saul he was worshiping god when david was a king he was worshiping god right after david sinned and messed up He repented and worshiped God. David stayed full of that oil so that other things couldn't get in. Now, obviously, he did step out of that oil, and he did mess up, and the things that he did brought those circumstances. We don't say, well, God punished him. God did say, you will not be the one to complete my temple because I can't have a man of war and blood on your hands do that. And some people say, well, was it the war and the blood on the hands, or was it the murder and the blood on the hands? Well, Safe to say God said, I'm going to have someone else finish the temple, but he did say, I'm going to preserve your throne because David, for the most part, walked in that anointing. And we can learn from these things. We can be 
maybe not like a world leader like David was, but we lead our family. And we say, man, you know, I'm angry with my wife, but I can't be biting her head off because then I'm going to step out of that oil. And then the next time we have friction, that's the purpose of oil. It's to reduce friction. It's a, it's a lubricant. That's what we put in our cars. And in the anointing, when we're pressed, when life is grinding us down, we have to stay full of that oil, the presence, the anointing, walking where God wants us to walk. Because if we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't know about you, but I want to be exactly where I'm supposed to be. I don't want to wander off. Some of you parents, maybe, I, I hope I don't get in trouble for sharing this, but maybe you know that fear whenever your kid decides to hide in the Walmart clothes racks, right? This is why they make them square now instead of circle, because kids be sneaking off. I don't know which kids, uh, you know, back in the 90s. <laughs> Couldn't be me. But maybe the kids were sneaking off and you have that fear like, wait a minute, my kid's supposed to be right here and they're not. And if they're not where they're supposed to be, well, we don't want anything bad to happen to them. And that is why in Psalm 23, David is talking about how thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You're right here. When we're going through pressures in life, we need to stay close to that anointing. We need to stay close to the word. And we know that Jesus, the anointed one, which is what Christ means, is where we're going to find that strength. And we know that Jesus is the Word made flesh. In John 1 and 14, it says the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So if we need some more oil, we need some more Jesus. There was a campus ministry in San Marcos, and their tagline was, More Jesus. Simple, but effective. And so that's what we need. Tonight we're talking about the purpose of the pressing. And when we go through these things in life, it's going to squeeze us. There's no escape from difficulties. As long as we're here on this earth, we have to deal with this earth. So if your car breaks down or you run out of gas or you step on a Lego, I mean, those things hurt. But when we're pressed, what comes out of us? Is it the oil of the anointing? Is it frustration? Is it... How do you say it in Spanish? Maliciones? <laughs> right? like, oh, there was a, an old cartoon dog, and he belonged to this villain. And every time that something bad happened, the dog, the dog didn't speak English, but he would just say, razum, frazum, razum, 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 and he would just get mad. And then uh, he would just move on with his day. But I remember that whenever somebody gets mad, I remember that dog, and he would always laugh at the people. He'd be like, shh. <laughs> so what comes out whenever we're pressed is it oil is it anointing because jesus says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks when you turn a whole a horn of oil upside down what's inside is going to pour out so the purpose of the pressing in this life is not so much you know for god to test us because he doesn't test us in that way let no one say when he is tempted i'm tempted of the lord but it shows us where we are see in the garden when god asked adam adam where are you at god knows right we don't need a test to show god what's in our heart but through these tests god shows us we learn where our heart is like oh man you know i really do need to pray because i was over there barking at the dog and barking at the kids and barking at the cat and the husband and the wife and man when i turn my horn of oil upside down when my life gets turned around what's pouring out the purpose of the pressing 
is to reveal and remind. It reveals what's in our hearts, and it is to remind us we always need more anointing. Because if we're going through a good stretch, we cannot forget. Saul had a good run. He was like undefeated, never lost. And all these countries were falling, and he was like, yeah, I'm big bad Saul. And then he took his eyes off of God. So every now and then, these difficulties in life, it's good. It's good to have some adversity. You know, your coaches, whenever your team starts to lose a bunch of games in a row, what do they say? Adversity builds character. Well, no, coach, we're just not that good. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a Cowboys fan. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> adversity builds character in the same way that when you work out and everything, you know, you got to lift some heavy weight. you got to have some resistance to get stronger. And it hurts. It hurts at first, and you say, oh, ah, I'm sore. But that pressing is going to show you where you're at. The purpose of the pressing is to reveal and remind. And that's what I wanted to kind of expand because, see, I love whenever Pastor Ruben and Pastor Rosie are given these words that they've, I like to use the verb stewed on for a while, cooking all this up. Because then, in something like a Tuesday night Bible study, we can look at the ingredients that went into that. Because, you know, Pastor Rosie, she's gone. She's like, here's the word. All right, let's move in the spirit. And so, thankfully, we have associate ministers. We've got the youth class. And we're going through things where we can break it down. And that's the purpose of a Bible study, exploring the word. You know, it may not ever be where we're running around the library and casting out devils and all these things. But these are the things you're going to take back to your families. These are things that are going to come up next time your kid gives you a little attitude. And you're like, uh-uh, boo-boo. Your horn of oil is getting a little dry. So we're going to, let's pray. And that's the purpose of the church, the body of Christ, the, the fivefold ministries to perfect the saints. That's the reason Samuel took the horn of oil to anoint the king, saying, God is looking. We've got our jobs. We've got our responsibilities. Maybe you don't have kids yet. Maybe your kids are already out of the house. But there's always something that we're going to deal with. And that's the purpose of the pressing, to reveal and remind. It's going to show what's in our heart. And it's going to remind us, oh, I need to spend some time in the anointing. So I want to kind of wind down tonight by giving you a couple tips, okay? And one of the tips, I really, really am a big fan of this. And thankfully, because of our schedule, it's kind of built in. It's always a good idea to start the day in the Word. And that can look different ways to different people. Maybe you got your worship music while you're getting your coffee. You're like, yeah, I need some oil, but I also need some black gold, strong coffee in the morning. Because the first thing in the morning is going to set the tone for the rest of your day. It's kind of hard to, and I know this because I've gone several mornings and then it's noon and I'm like, oh, I'm so behind. And I think to myself, I'm missing two things. I didn't pray and I didn't have my coffee. So in the morning, that is a great time to get that anointing oil. You know how they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day? I believe they're all important, but breakfast, they say, is the most important meal of the day. In the same way, we need to start our day with Jesus. So, I mean, I've found that Joy, I think, does this too. The Bible app will even read scriptures to you. If you're on a reading plan or you're meditating on things, there's always preachers on the radio. 
from sunup to sundown and at night. And they have their own archives and podcasts and broadcasts. And you can even, those of you at home, you can go back and catch all of our services at facebook.com slash Victoria. Just click on the videos tab. We've got years of archives in there for this and main service. If you've got kids and they want to watch a youth service, you can go to youtube.com slash Victoria. We've got audio sermons at anchor.fm slash Victoria. Just basically try all the websites with GNC Victoria. You'll find something out there. But you begin your day with the anointing. And the reason for that is because it's your first fruits. See, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Rosie was talking about the purpose of first fruits. And I even got into this in a youth sermon, too, that Cain, he just brought an offering. The Bible says an offering, meaning it's equal to all the other offerings. But Abel brought It's the best of his flock. So when we start our day in the anointing, that's reminding us and showing him, Lord, before anything else today, you are the most important thing. See, I had a habit when I first got a smartphone. I'd roll over in bed, my alarm went off, I'd turn off my alarm, and then I'd read the news. Unknowingly setting the tone for my day. Because whatever I read, that's what I was dwelling on as I was brushing my teeth for two minutes because it's healthy. That's what I was dwelling on while I was messing with my hair, trying to get it to do something. That's what I was dwelling on as I drove almost an hour to work, and the Holy Spirit prompted something in me that I'll share with you. And it was very strong and very, it was like a, ah, bad. What you reach for when you wake is what you worship. And I was like, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry. (laughs) Because nobody, like, puts an altar and bows down to their phone, right? We, we would never do that. That's idolatry. But we don't think about how much time we offer to our smartphones, to the world, to the internet. To the, there's always a game going on. There's always a, an article. There's always something happening, right? This 24-hour news cycle and all these sites have their spin or their take. We could be lost for hours. And that's even before we get to the dog videos, right? <laughs> the puppies and everything, they're talking. So that became a conviction for me. Like, oh, man, what you reach for when you wake is what you worship. That's your first fruits. So I stopped giving my phone my first fruits because that set the tone for my day. And we have to give the Lord our first fruits. The Bible even says pray without ceasing. When you're driving, I mean, what are you doing? You're at 10, you're at 2, your eyes are on the road. It's a perfect time for prayer, perfect time to listen to what God has for you. Now, I enjoy hearing music and podcasts and all that stuff too, but we have to set aside that time to fill with the anointing because guess what? If I arrive at work and one of my coworkers just ain't having it today, it doesn't matter what I learned on the road because that's not oil when I'm pressed. I'm going to need to have that oil flowing, being full of that oil so that nothing else can come in. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. To the point where we can even share some oil with those around us. Because how many of you know the Lord so often uses us in that difficult situation? He said, Lord, I don't want to be in that office. I don't want to be with that crew. I don't want to be with those guys on that job site. Not even knowing God put you there to bring some oil. How many blow-ups have we prevented just by our peaceful presence? We'll never know this side of glory. But God puts us in that situation. We don't want to be in that situation. I know I work with teenagers for a living. And there's always that one kid, right? 
Oh, Lord, give me a little bit more oil. <laughs> Not knowing years later, seeing that kid in H-E-B or wherever, oh, Mr. Six Toes, you know, this and this and that. I don't know. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what's in their heart. I don't know how they're being pressed. But we need to have our oil filled to the point of overflowing. So definitely encourage you, first fruits of the day. Also encourage you, the end of the day, when you're going to bed, set aside some time, push pause, reset. For those of you with children, this is a great family exercise. You get together and you pray. You remind your children, we will not go to bed before we offer prayers. We will not go to bed before we reminisce on some scripture or a revelation or we talk about it because you're reminding your kids, hey, our day's not done until we give thanks to God. We got to remind them. We got to reset these things. So if you start in the morning, you start in the afternoon, you have that peaceful sleep in between, then you don't have to worry about your kids going to bed anxious and all hyped up and everything. And, oh, I got a star test coming up. And, oh, you know, my friend, and I'm mad because my friend this and that. And they said somebody else on online and this. We're going to reset. We're going to remind ourselves. We're going to get some oil. Start in the morning, start in the evening, and you'll begin to notice that throughout the day, that oil's still flowing, still going, like that Energizer Bunny. It just keeps on going. So that's my encouragement to you tonight, and those of you online as well. Uh, I encourage you, if you want to get the full picture, go back and watch Sunday service. Go back and watch last Sunday service. Just go back to like 2015 and watch all the services. <laughs> but again, our pastors have done an excellent job. For the past almost 40 years, come August, and we're so thankful for their obedience. But again, it gets <clears throat> better and better. <laughs> we love you, Pastor. But we always encourage you to catch up with any of the sermons. Uh, like we said, this Bible study is an expansion. It's an outreach. We break it down. How can we use it in our daily lives with our children, with our grandchildren? I encourage you to continue to pray for your family, even if you don't see Right now, what's happening, God sees what's going on in their hearts. In fact, when Samuel went to anoint the next king, because Saul stepped out of that oil, he wanted the tallest, strongest guy. And he went through seven of them, and he finally got to David. And he's like, this little guy? This little person? And God says, I look at the heart. So I encourage you as you're praying for your family members, as you're praying for your enemies, we may not see it, but God sees what's going on in their hearts and i'll go ahead and close with a, a word of prayer over us all and those of you watching thank you for joining us but let's end tonight in a word of prayer shall we lord we thank you for your anointing we thank you for the oil of your anointing and that is what we need and we rely on when we are pressed god that is the purpose of the pressing to reveal and remind us what's in our heart and how we need more Jesus. Lord, I pray a special blessing over those here in the sound of my voice who made the effort and the sacrifice to come live, and even those who are watching and setting aside the time to fill their oil by watching the Facebook archive. God, your word is timeless, and someone listening to this message years from now can still receive a revelation and a blessing from your word, even as now we still, thousands of years later, trust in Christ for our salvation. Lord, we don't go by what we see. We don't believe what we see on the news. We don't believe what our body tells us. We don't believe what our enemies speak over us. We trust 
in your word. We fill ourselves with your oil because you anoint our heads with oil. We don't do it in our own strength, not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, your anointed one, Jesus Christ. We are more than overcomers. And God, I thank you that you strengthen our bodies, that you sharpen our minds, that you bring scriptures that we've read and studied to our remembrance in times where we are pressed, that we can continue to walk in your anointing for our lives, not just as ministers, but also as fathers and mothers and faithful workers and co-workers and leaders and managers, that everywhere that we go, we would drip and drizzle and spill that anointing all over those around us. We would inhabit the atmosphere that you would be glorified in everything that we do. We do everything as unto the Lord. People would see that, be drawn to it, and ultimately drawn to a relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. What a powerful and timely word that we have received from my brother, Jonathan Sixtos, at the Yorktown Bible Study. What a beautiful teaching and a beautiful way that he simplistically, yet with deep revelation, gave us understanding and knowledge by the Holy Spirit, of the purpose of the pressing, of the purpose of the outcome of when trials or situations or even discipline or or learning by the Holy Spirit, correction from the Lord comes in its different formats and its different facets. When it comes, it creates something beautiful in us, which is the oil that flows from our lives to bring healing to us, strength, restoration, revelation and even that much more to share that oil which we know now is jesus with others praise god for that word i tell you what if this message blessed your heart i want to hear from you send me a message on unspeakable-joy.com or here on anchor.fm slash unspeakable dash joy, where the podcasts are located on the internet. And just let me know how this message touched your life. And remember, don't just listen to the shows, but I encourage you to share them with others. I tell you what, God is doing great things in my brother. My brother has been a faithful man of God without compromise, without fear, without intimidation from the world, but full force going forth in his calling before the Lord to serve other people. Praise God for people such as my brother. So thank you again, Jonathan, for being a blessing to us here on Unspeakable Joy Podcast. Well, until next time, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I know that as you are pressed, that what's going to come out is the anointing of Jesus Christ. God bless you.